It's a new year, and time for a bit of reflection while we look at a couple of happenings in the church. An Italian priest asks what fruits has Francis brought to the church, and he answers this question not in a fawning over the Pope kind of way, but in a way that speaks to the concept of a faithful remnant. While we look at that, we'll look at some minor but extremely important news that came out about the state of the church in America, as a bit of something to put this all to as a backdrop. And then ask yourself this. What are you going to do to grow in your faith in 2021? This is the time to take meaningful steps to grow in holiness. And this is the time to grow closer to our blessed Lord, Jesus Christ. So that should be on your mind in this time. Let's get into this. Mass attendance in the United States and abroad is in free fall. This isn't really surprising, all things considered. This has been happening steadily since the Council and has accelerated in this pontificate. Many ask why it's accelerating. On New Year's Day, Francis provided some insight into why this phenomenon has been happening. You might brush it off entirely as the result of the present situation in the world, and to some degree you'd be right, with most dioceses and parishes in most places permitting only certain amounts of the faithful to attend Mass without increasing their number of Masses available. But there is more at work here than just that. There's even more at work than merely cooperating with Caesar, don't forget that the bishops decided to rush to close parishes this year with barely a peep of protest, while big box retailers not only were open but thrived. All of that is the backdrop of what is going on in the church today, and if you need a good Ill illustration of that backdrop, look no further than to Pope Francis himself. 2020 can be summed up in one Francis tweet, and he provided that tweet himself. Feast your eyes or ears on this from the official Francis Twitter account, tweeted on New Year's Day, quote, Best wishes to everyone, so that in the new year, humanity might progress on the path of fraternity, justice, and peace. Signed, Franciscus. End quote. Something seems to be missing from that, and if you guessed that the Vicar of Christ left Christ out of his New Year's greeting to all of humanity, you'd be right. I'll forgive a prelate for not calling everyone to repentance on a major secular holiday like New Year's Day, which is in the octave of Christmas, but still mentioning the reason for the season itself should be simple enough. But that's the rub of the issue we have. Now, I haven't even really talked about that issue yet, so for those watching on YouTube, I have a graphic which I'll describe for those not able to see it, because you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or Podbean or elsewhere, you can't really see images. And here's the graphic. It shows mass attendance since 2019 through 2020, and mass attendance has cratered. This image was shared by Dr. Taylor Marshall on Twitter over the weekend, and it has me thinking, what has the net effect been? For starters, there is wide reporting that parishes that went online during this time received increased donations and tithes compared to those that didn't. Now again, we're talking about Novus Ordo parishes here, which represents something like 99% of parishes in the Latin West of the Catholic Church. On average, traditionalist parishes have higher per capita tithes given than Novus Ordo parishes do. But here we're comparing Novus Ordo parishes that went online to Novus Ordo ones that simply shuttered their doors from March until June or so. And those that went online to stream masses that, canonically speaking, do not help you meet your Sunday obligation, because no bishop can dismiss that obligation for all the faithful as was done, as the bishop from Kazakhstan said in a letter last year, those parishes received a material reward for doing just that. Go figure. Meanwhile, most traditionalist parishes report masses being added and higher attendance than ever before. Certainly true at my parish. 
This shows the divisions within the church better than anything else can. But we are talking about the fruits of the present situation, a year after most people became aware of it and began to prepare. One year in, over at Marco Tosati's blog, an anonymous priest submitted a letter that asks what the fruits of Francis have been, and he lists some positive ones, though they aren't the kinds of things said in defense of Francis. They're quite the opposite. Consider what the priest says in this short letter. Again, it's he's being anonymous. You can guess why. Here is the letter from what, what Marco Tosati calls Monsignor X, which I'll have linked to in my show notes today at returntotradition.org. Quote, we are often confused by the interpretations imposed on him by the press and by our own incapacity to know how to correctly value the words and teachings of a pope. Today, we ought to reflect and remember how much Bergoglio has done to make us grow spiritually, creating infinite reasons for us to mortify ourselves uninterruptedly. In fact, mortification, just like the cross, is necessary for following Christ. Whoever refuses the cross is turning away from holiness. Bergoglio has thus permitted us not to grow distant from holiness. Just think of what he has done to target Catholics who wanted to follow only the doctrine of Christ. But being suppressed for the love of Christ unites us to him. And so Bergoglio has allowed us to be united more than ever to Christ. Think of what he has done to confuse doctrine, the sacred scriptures, and tradition, thereby forcing us to have to go back and deepen our knowledge in order to hold on to the certainties of faith. Never before has anyone like Bergoglio stimulated us to deepen our knowledge of the truth of the gospel, since he has called so much of it into question. Bergoglio has also made our faith mature. Think of what he has done to force us to evangelize in secret, thus increasing our sense of personal responsibility for bringing the good news to others. Bergoglio has allowed us to return to doing personal apostolates, also committing ourselves intellectually in order to see our work succeed. In short, we recognize that no pope before Bergoglio ever made us participate so much in the cross of Christ, thus completing his sufferings. No one has ever permitted us to expiate our past sins in such a way, thanks to the tribulations which he has imposed on us for the past almost eight long years. Never has anyone permitted us to strengthen our faith in the face of flatteries of the tempter so much as when he asked us to no longer believe in sin. Who has ever made us live such a martyrdom before, ever depriving us of the Mass and the sacraments? How could we not recognize all the good that has been granted us thanks to Bergoglio and fail to thank him? How could we not remember him today, December 31st, for all the holy tears he has made us shed? Signed, Monsignor X. Okay, so here's something to consider. I remember, as do many of you, that at the start of Francis's pontificate, we were promised a sort of renewal, with the face of a joyful pontiff who cared for the poor and brought a Catholic voice and attention to the issues the world was most concerned with, and that would reinvigorate the faith in the 21st century. We'd see that in a bump in vocations. People talked about the Francis effect on vocations, and that effect, quite frankly, didn't materialize. Instead, vocations continue to shrink, especially since many young men in the seminaries are drawn to the traditional faith and are then weeded out of the system for being too rigid. In our talk with uh, Charles Colomb and Brother, uh, Brother Navarro over at uh, Rights and Duties, he talked about this experience he had personally. Go check that out if you're interested. But combined all that, the increased scrutiny and closing of many traditional religious communities, like the Franciscan Friars of the Immaculate, and others for being too rigid and wanting the traditional sacraments and the traditional faith, combined with the strange alliance with the major players of the world in their push for the triumph of the Novus Ordo Seclorum, and you begin to see what the Francis effect truly is. And Monsignor X describes it per perfectly. 
the faithful are forced to learn the faith and the truths of the faith independently. So my question for you is this. What will you do in 2021, in this new year? Will you take the charge seriously to learn the faith more deeply? If so, I suggest you listen to one of my weekend uploads each week if normally you would not, whether it's a papal encyclical from before the council or one of the Sunday uploads from one of the great Catholic minds from before the council, like Hilaire Belloc or one of the fathers or doctors of the church, or listen to a homily on census fidelium. Read your Bible if you haven't. Read one of the great minds of the church from before 1958, when confusion really set in. Ultimately, you have to make the choice for yourself to go deeper, and many Catholics have. Will you take that challenge? I plan to go deeper, and I plan to keep providing you the means to do so each week on the weekends. So what do you think of this? I know I didn't spend much time on the negative Francis effect, the loss of faith of many, many parishes closing, confusion and error being taught with the smell of incense to pass it off as Catholicism. I could easily make an hour-long video on all of that, but instead I want to know what you think about this. Will you go deeper? Is Monsignor X wrong? Let me know in the comments, and as always, pray for the Church. Thank you for listening. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.